You know, Jess, we're both really good looking. And I think we're super cool. Welcome to Sure Jan. The musical theater podcast with Jess and Dan. Hi, Jess. Hi, Dan. How are you? I'm doing pretty well. Okay. I'm also doing pretty well. Um, we're time for theater. Still. Kind of. But you and I are still doing it. Kind of. I mean, like, my show went up last night. I don't know what you're talking about. So, it's so, so since we last talked, I mean, I had a full, successful performance and rehearsal period of the Rocky Horror Show. Then I went into performances for White Christmas, which has now been canceled because you of COVID. rehearsals for. Does he performances? Yeah. Rehearsals. I went to rehearsals for White Christmas, and that has been canceled. Which, like, is not a huge surprise, but still a disappointment. Yeah. Um, but you picked up your previously canceled or yeah. postponed production of Shrek, and we're just now able to very quickly bring it back together, and I was able to watch a virtual production of it last night. Yeah, so longtime listeners might remember, I think yeah. in our very first, maybe in our second episode also, Yeah. Um, whenever we kind of did the check-in, I was choreographing Shrek the Musical for a high school in the area, Yeah. and then it kind of died, and I got an email about a month ago that said... <laughs> we're doing it we got three weeks to pull this thing together like yep. come on back um and we did we did the recorded version on thursday and yep. then we are doing a very very small audience i mean the auditorium probably holds 600 people and i think there were 20 <laughs> last night sure um because they're socially distanced and we're like being safe and careful and all of those things yeah um but i'm just so proud of them mm-hmm. they've worked so hard and to like i mean when you're in high school that's like a thing oh yeah my high school musicals that I did, I did four musicals in high school. They were so formative. Yeah. And to have it taken away really, I'm sure really sucked. Yeah. Um, and so to like get the opportunity to do it, especially because they had been rehearsing. I mean, we were only, we were a week from tech week when it got uh, like postponed slash canceled the first time through. Mm-hmm. And so we were so close. I mean, we had costumes. We were doing full runs of, act, of an act. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were going to go on spring break and come back for tech and then do the show and when spring break they went on spring break and then didn't come back yeah um and it was just so heartbreaking and so to see them get to come back and like do the thing that they'd worked so hard on was just so cool and honestly they're doing such an incredible job i am so proud of everything that they've put together and And you have two more performances yeah we have one tonight and we have one tomorrow again with very very small audiences it's basically invite only it's for parents basically but Um, you can stream it but you can stream it um and they just, they're killing it. And yeah. um, I've never worked with high schools before. I've never, like, that's not a thing I've done. Um, and they're just so excited. And you can tell it in their faces. Yeah. And I'm, I, I'm excited to see what they do tonight because I think it's just going to get better and better as they get used to having an audience. So. Yeah. And just feeling more comfortable with the yeah. material. So, well, maybe one day we'll talk about Shrek. Because um, Shrek was my first ever Broadway show. That was the very first musical I ever saw in New York. Oh, my God. The first show that I ever saw in New York also starred Brian Darcy James. (laughs) Well, great. And the musical that I was just in that got canceled starred Brian Darcy James. So Let's just start a Brian Darcy James podcast. Honestly, like the world needs that. (laughs) Listeners, if you are thinking about starting a Brian Darcy James podcast, you have full support from me and Jess. Oh, yeah. 100%. Okay. Um... But we are not talking about Shrek today, and Brian Darcy James was not in this musical. Um, you don't know that. Well, you know what? May I, I do. I think I do know <laughs> that. But uh, maybe one day he'll do it. Um, uh, but 
Jessica, what musical are we talking about today? We are talking about the Addams Family for Spooky Season, which is now over and we've transitioned basically skipping Thanksgiving right into Christmas. <laughs> if you were in Dan's house right now, you would see that it is full-blown Christmas. <laughs> um, we have wrapping paper on all of the cabinets. Mm-hmm. Um, there's like a sparkly deer. We got a little tree. We got two trees going on. Um, he has presents. He put the fake snow on his windows. Mm-hmm. There's lights and garland. It's a winter wonderland here. He even has like a hot cocoa station for no reason. Yeah, that's true. Um, yep. It's actually for Glühwein. Those are mugs that I got from Germany where I drink um, a mold, mold spiced wine out of. Um, but yeah. But you could certainly drink hot chocolate out of them too. Anyway, Christmas wonderland. I don't Christmas Sandway. wonderland. Um, but we are going to take a, a step back and talk about Adam's family and think about Halloween. So. Of the graveyard. Once a year when the last leaf of autumn falls, we gather to honor the great cycle of life and death. Come, every member of our clan, living, dead, and undecided, and let us celebrate what it is to be an Adams. When you're an Adams, you need to have a little moonlight. When you're an Adams, you need to feel a little chill. You have to see the world in shades of gray. You have to put some poison okay. in so, your So, the Adams musical. Um, I... Just tell me how you got to know the show. So, I got to know the show... Probably from you. Okay. Um, and we've talked about this a lot on the podcast, but you gave me, for Christmas one year, the, oh, the yeah. 900 Days of Christmas soundtracks. That sounds right. And I believe this was one of them. Maybe. Maybe not. It very well could have been. I don't um, remember. Yeah. Literally, it was like 40 spurt CDs that yeah. you made me. <laughs> um, but also, like just like being around musical theater, like this is pretty recent i mean what year did this come out 2010 yeah, yeah. so like it, it, it was certainly in the ether yes um and it's the style of show that i like it's mm-hmm. that like s- sort of traditional but non-traditional you know what i mean mm-hmm. like it's not like edgy yeah it's still a comedy it's still like follows the same like tropes yeah. um but it's not like a golden age musical. And that's something I want to talk about with the Addams Family, too, because the Addams Family in itself, even before the musical, just like as an entity, is something that like surface level is like edgy and like and dark and scary. But the Addams Family itself have such traditional values. Yeah. And I think that uh, that the musical is one of those where you might think the Adam Sandler musical could be like a grungy rock score, right? Yeah. Or you know, or or or, or something could be like full far away from traditional musical theater, but it's pretty much like something you would expect from a different music from an average musical, yeah. just with the funny nuances that come with the Adam Sandler. Yeah, and something. So I don't know how much of the Adam Sandler TV show that you've watched, mm-hmm. um, like from the '30s. Mm-hmm. But something that that show does really well, and, like, honestly, it still holds up. Like, if you haven't watched old Adams Family, like, certainly there are things that are, like, dated, right? Yeah. Like, the milkman comes. Like, uh, have you ever seen a milkman? Because yes. I haven't, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but the things that, the, the values that they teach their children yeah. are, like, weirdly idealistic. Yeah, oh, totally. Um, 
Like, the thing that sticks out in my mind is there's an episode where Wednesday goes to school, and she, and Wednesday's, like, little, she's younger than Pugsley in the TV show. She's, like, maybe five or six. Um, And she goes to school, and they read this book, and I think it's probably, like, a King Arthur book, because there's a knight fighting a dragon. Mm -hmm. And she comes home, and she is just traumatized because of this dragon. And the Adam's parents go to the school and basically the reaction is how dare you teach this to our children like why would you torture this poor dragon yes which yeah, is yeah. like that's the that's the thing that gets turned on its head mm-hmm. it's not that they like love violence yeah right mm-hmm. it's that they don't understand why we're like holding up this hero for torturing a poor animal yes which is like not as edgy as yeah. it seems at face value. It's yeah. just, they're quirky. I mean, they're, they're creepy and they're kooky. Yes, right? exactly. They're not mean. Um, yeah. And, and even in the, the like, 90s movies yeah. with um, Angelic Houston and yeah. Christina Ricci. Um, and who plays Gomez in those? I don't remember. He's not really done much else. Um, we should probably look that up. Google's your friend, guys, if you're looking trying to figure that out. Um, but, like, even in that version... They are not inherently like mean people. Mm-hmm. They're they're not mean spirited. Um, they just like like what they like. Yeah. And they're not unapologetic. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the thing that I love about the Adams family is mm-hmm. they're just so unapologetic with the way that they live their lives. And mm-hmm. if you don't like it, like that's okay. You yeah. don't need to like it. Also, I'm not gonna force my beliefs on you, but don't force your beliefs on me. They just yeah. live in this world where we're going to do what we want to do. And like, as long as it's not like hurting anybody else, like it's fine. Completely. Um, so the production, the Adams family, um, it, so it's, it's based on the, the single panel cartoons, right? Or like one could argue comics. Um, and they were introduced in 1938 as just like the basic family structure. Um, honestly, a nuclear family, if you will. Um, and then like over time they added like the few more, like, um, thing got added eventually. Cousin It. Cousin It got added eventually. Um, uh, do you know Pugsley's, um, oh, what is his pet? What is his pet? He has a pet, um, lizard, uh, or like a, like a, like a, like a iguana. Yeah. Iguana. I think it's an iguana. Um, uh, do you know what the iguana's name is? I do not. Aristotle. I love that. Is the name. Um, but, uh, so and in and, and that assembly has been adapted into a million different yes. things, right? So there has been there have been five movies. There have been four different TV series. Um, the those movies have been some have been live and some have been animated. There've been five. There've movies? been five and and those are films um, that have all gone into theaters. Uh, and there's also been one direct to video okay. movie as well in 1998. Um, there have been like special appearances. The Adams Family itself has appeared on an episode of Scooby Doo, um, and then uh, uh, and and so they're just they're this very well known family. Like everyone knows, ba da da da, snap snap. Like like everyone knows it, um, and that's what I think is so fascinating about the Adams Family is it has stood the test of time, for 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 I mean almost a decade now yeah. or a century. We're getting very close to that, and I think. What is I, part of the reason of that is because they are different. Mm-hmm. Humans like things that are out of the ordinary, certainly, but they're not so out of the ordinary that they're offensive. Like there are there are certainly probably families, particularly maybe like deeply religious families, that could find the Adams family to be uh, uh, um, hedonistic, uh, yeah. to 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 be like you know too secular or yeah. whatever for them, but. 
the Adams family themselves, anyone who knows anything about it knows that they are a family that ended the day stands for love. Yeah. Oh, certainly. Like that is in love is like it's, the theme of this whole musical. Yeah. And I think that that's something that's super interesting is because when you look back, at least my childhood is like Adams family values, right? Like sure. that Adams family. Yeah. Um, like the thing that you and know. It's in the title. Yeah. yeah. Um, the, the thing that you know about Gomez and Morticia yeah. particularly as parents mm-hmm. is that they support their children mm-hmm. and they love each other like more than a traditional like mother and father have been portrayed in the media at yeah. the time. Yeah. Um, and even still, like the trope of like dumb husband who it, like the wife gets mad at the husband for like doing something dumb. Like mm-hmm. that trope exists on in sitcoms today. Yeah. And that trope does not exist in the Adams family, right? Yeah. Gomez is just a, a doting husband. Yeah. And Morticia just like accepts his faults and loves him. You know what I mean? They just love each other so much and they come from, they, they approach things as a unit. Yeah, completely. Which is interesting and provides like a, kind of a challenge in this musical because they're at odds, mm-hmm. which is not normal for yeah. them. Yeah, um, And And you can see that in the way that Gomez is written in this show mm-hmm. is that he like is so used to like being this doting husband. Yeah. Um, and now he's, He's trapped, if you will. Yeah, well, well, we'll get to that song, but... Um, but yeah, I... When I walked away from... Because I did this show, and this is the... We haven't really talked about that. Yeah. This is the first show we've talked about that one of us has been in. Yes. Um, When I walked away from this, I was like, they're like such role models. Yeah, they really <laughs> like, are. Like, I mean, like, to be... The, Gomez and Morticia are in many ways, like, the ideal... Uh, like if I could have that relationship, yeah, sign me yeah. up. Hell yeah, 100%, definitely. So yeah, so you talked about that you've been in this show. Mm-hmm. Um, have you seen other productions of The Addams Family I other than the one that you've been in? I mean, I've seen things, certainly I've seen the things that you can find online. You've been seen a live production of it before. Um, but I've not seen a live production other than, I mean, I, I think I've seen it three times. Because I saw Oh that, no, that's not true. Okay. I saw OTL do it. Oh, you did? Okay, yeah. duh, 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 we saw it together. The, actually, that's how I learned about this musical. Oh, okay, Because I didn't know anything about it and then I saw OTL do it. Okay, um, because I was introduced to the Adams Family in, because uh, I remember being really into like the Broadway World message boards mm-hmm. at the time, and people were talking about how like there's this rumored Adams Family musical happening, and everyone was super into it. And then eventually like, Nathan Lane and BB Newworth signed yeah. on, and you know, and and how cool is that? Um, and so when the cast album came out, I immediately listened to it, and I got crazy obsessed with Pulled so it's quickly. It's so good. Yeah, because it is so good, and I like I get I get so obsessed with it so fast. Well, um, and Chris Rodriguez. And Chris Rodriguez, of but, course. Um, and then so uh, we. So, so then so so then I eventually saw I saw the national tour when it came to. Uh, East Lansing, Michigan, because I was living there at the time. Um, and so I saw the National Tour, which I loved. I remember falling deeply in love with the boy who played Lucas. Um, and then... I also love Wesley. Yeah. Well, in the National I, Tour. I but yeah. <laughs> and then OTL. That was my the very first musical, off Productions at Ohio State, um, the musical theater organization that I advise here. Uh, that, that was the first musical they did my first year at Ohio State. So I got to see that and kind of see them through that process, which was very cool. And then uh, your production I saw mm-hmm. as well. So I th- think that's those are the only three times I've seen this. But it's just one of those musicals that I come back to every now and then. And mm-hmm. I realize, like, like even just in researching this, I watched the bootleg of the um, original Broadway cast. And I just, the amount of times that I was like, oh, oh, right. This is really good. It's just so funny. Yeah. It's like... 
it it falls in the sweet spot of like you we and I, we've had this conversation right mm-hmm. like I love musicals that are like fart jokes but yeah. I also love musicals like Great Comet that are like really intellectual yeah and this falls in that sweet spot of like it's both like like funny but in a smart way yeah. Like, the number of jokes, like, there's a joke that Morticia makes, and I don't know if it's in the original Broadway, Mm -hmm. but I know it was in our production. Yeah. Um, And it's like, he's our third cousin twice removed, and Alice says, like, what? And she's like, well, they removed it, but it grew back. Oh, yeah, yeah, And, like, that's, like, a thinker. Like, like, like you could just take that at, like, face value, like, ha-ha, it's funny. But, like, also, like, that's, like, that's objectively funny. Yes. Um, And there are just, like, a lot of those, like, pop culture things, or, Mm -hmm. like, um, and we'll get to some of the, like, lyric changes. Yeah. But... There were a lot of opportunities to change things to be more regional. Sure. um, Because this is so smart, Mm -hmm. it allows for that, like, insert funny pop culture reference here. Because we understand that, like, referencing Charlie Sheen does not, is not going to be funny forever. Yes. Like, (laughs) like... Um, whereas some musicals are, like, set in stone and are, like, a, a, a pocket of time. The Addams Family just kind of, like exists outside of time. Sure, yeah. Which I love. Yeah, I mean, I mean it absolutely does. I think so. Um, so, music and lyrics are by Andrew Lippa, my best friend. Um, <laughs> not my best friend, but um, I've been fortunate enough to meet Andrew a couple times because he lives in Columbus. Well, he has two homes. He lives part-time in Columbus, Ohio, and part-time in New York. And um, uh, he has a really good relationship with Shortener Stage. Um, and so he's done a lot of things there. So, I like, seeing him now is not out of the ordinary, but I still, like, get that, like, that's a celebrity feeling every time I do. Well, it's um, funny you say that, and I'm yeah. sorry to, like, tangent a little bit, but, yeah. like, he's not a name that I, like, immediately think of, like, oh, like, great musical theater things. Yeah. But, like, everything that he has, like, put out into the world, I've, like, been pretty into. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, because some of his bigger things are, I mean, obviously Adam's family, but he wrote the, um, the off-Broadway production of The Wild Party. Yeah. Which, like, is not something that everyone in the world knows, but musical theater people yeah. certainly either know it or are aware of it uh, because it's certainly more popular, I would say, than the Broadway production of The Wild oh, Party. Yes. Um, uh, he wrote Big Fish. Yeah, which I adore. And you were also in. Yeah. And OTL also did. That's funny. Um, it's such a good show. It is it's a, a good show. That's a good show for like a big ensemble. It will There's definitely. a lot of stuff to do, yeah. Um, he wrote John and Jen, which is one of my yeah. favorite musicals, um, two-person show that actually Shortener Stage did right as the pandemic was sort of in its... Early stages, yeah, uh, because it was a very easy show to do to videotape that could be easily socially distanced because it's just two people. Yeah. Um, also, that original production starred Carly Carmelo, who played Alice, Alice in the original yeah. production. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then he also did. Um, he wrote some additional music for the revival of Your Good Man Charlie mm-hmm. Brown. Um, so, like uh, Chris and Chenoweth's song "My New Philosophy," yeah. he wrote that, um, among other things. And then so the end of the book was, and so Andrew did the music and lyrics, and the book was by Marshall Brickman and Rick Elise, um, and they both did the book for Jersey Boys. Um, uh, Marshall did a lot of screenplays for movies, um, but Rick also did the book for the play with music, Peter and the Starcatcher, and then he also is writing the book for the theoretical upcoming Broadway production of The Princess Bride. Um, but like we'll, you know, obviously we'll see what happens if Broadway ever comes back. Um, but yeah, so the Adams Family had a um, Chicago tryout in 2009, uh, which is a, Chicago is a pretty typical place to do an out-of-town tryout. Um, and it received mixed to negative reviews. Uh, and then it opened which in... Which is so interesting. Yeah, well, the Adams it, it is so... 
number one, I feel like most shows receive negative reviews or mixed to negative reviews. Um, but like Adam's Family, because everyone knows it, it's easy to... Like shit on. Yes, exactly. Which, like, I don't know. I just usually when, like, okay, there are certainly properties that everyone knows mm-hmm. and then everyone just praises because they are what they are. You know what I mean? Sure. Yeah. Um, and so it's interesting that Adam's Family did not fall into that same category. I would have mm-hmm. guessed that, like, people just would have been clamoring to see something Adam's Family. So yeah. they. But I get, no, totally. Well, the Broadway production did the same thing. The Broadway production didn't receive particularly stellar reviews either, but it opened on April 8th, 2010, and it ran for 722 performances, so. which, like, for, for a Broadway show to run that long is great. I don't remember the date that it closed. It's I don't like know. two years, right? It, I, don't, I don't remember exactly how many performances there are in a year. Um, I don't know that it ran for two years. Maybe it did, but it's... Um, I'm, like, literally saying, okay, 365 days in a year. But eight shows, eight a, shows week. a week. So. Yeah. So maybe. So one to two years. Yeah. But, like, a pretty... <laughs> pretty solid run for a Broadway show nowadays for sure Um, so I think that's great and then it eventually launched tours in the United States Asia and excuse me and uh, the United Kingdom the original production cost 15 million dollars which is a a pretty hefty price tag not out of the ordinary I would say now for shows Um, but you know for 2010 I would say that was pretty a pretty high um, price tag because at the time um I mean, the most expensive Broadway musical is uh, Spider-Man, which ended up being around $65 million. The second... Do you know what the second most expensive I Broadway don't. musical is? Shrek. Shrek uh, that, the mus- that seems to make sense. Shrek the Musical is the second most expensive Broadway musical, and I, but significantly less. So it'll still add like 20-something yeah. million dollars, but... Um, a lot of prosthetics. Yes, yeah. And those sets were really, really impressive, too. And there's a lot of really cool technology that went into yeah. the original production of Shrek, too. Now, here... The awards are where, like, I, I get it and I don't. Um... It only had two now Tony nominations. Okay. Just two. One for Best Score for Andrew Lippa, and then one acting nomination. Do you know who it was? I don't, but... It's Can you like, guess? So, like, based on your reaction, I assume it's Fester. It is Fester. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, Uncle Fester is the only person who received an acting nomination. So featured actor? Yes. And, number one, totally deserved. Like that, well, okay, he might disagree. Okay, I feel like I feel like Kevin Chamberlain, who played the original Uncle Fester, embodies everything that Uncle Fester is. Well, I think that's true. I just, as a character, I get that he had to be there because Adam's family. Also, yeah. like, what, 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 what does he add? What, sure, yeah. sure, sure, sure. <laughs> um, but I, and you know, and I think about like the why people were or were not nominated, and like, so some of my thoughts are like. I know, like, B.B. was great, but B.B. was also B.B. Yeah. And Nathan was great, but Nathan was also Nathan. Yeah. And I think that's part of the reason why they didn't get nominations is because they there was no stretch for them. And, like, I don't think anyone expected B.B. Newworth or Nathan Lane to be anything other than yeah. that. Because I think their names certainly added to, of course, the success of the show. Oh, certainly. Um, and, and then at that point, everyone else, like... I don't know that everyone else either had enough of a name or enough of a character to really be nominated. Yeah. Like, Krista was great. Krista, I think, probably could have deserved one for sure. Mm-hmm. I'm not surprised that Carolee Carmelo. I'm not surprised that Wesley wasn't nominated. I'm not surprised that Jackie Hoffman, who played Grandmama, wasn't nominated. Um, but she's fantastic. Yes, um, and But anyway, so then other awards. Um, but it did it did win awards, just not Tony Awards. Um, it won two Drama Desk Awards. Okay. One for Best Set. Um, and then one for Distinguished Achievement in Theater for Nathan Lane. 
not best. He was also nominated for best actor, and he did not win that. But he won a specifically distinguished achievement in theater, Nathan Lane, which is like very and not just like a general award for Nathan Lane. It was Adam Sandler specific, so it, like very strange. And then um, it also won the Outer Critics uh, Circle Award for best set as well. Nice. So the set wasn't nominated at all for in the Tony Awards, but it won two other theater awards specifically well, do, for the I set. I wonder what it was up against. I wonder. It's true. I didn't really look to see what else it was up that year. Um, because weirdly that matters. Yeah, it, it certainly like, does. Yeah. But I guess like it should, I don't think it should for nominations. Sure. Um, I think like obviously who wins. Like, I mean, can you imagine what Waitress could have won if it wasn't up against Hamilton? Like For real though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but that doesn't mean it shouldn't be nominated for things. Yes. And I think like that's yeah. the, um, yeah. Man, gosh, that sucks. So well, let's yeah. <laughs> let's take a quick break and then we'll jump into the show. Perfect, I love it. Great. Strangers, but she doesn't know what they destroy. I can feel the clear and present dangers when she learns that the boy has got me falling in a new direction. Ah! I think I'm like that. Was good, that was good. I think I like do it again. Do it again. I'm being So we're going to jump into Act 1. We um, are. Now, when you're in Adams, I... What... Oh, God. No, go ahead. You start. So something that I think I, should, I want to start with yeah. is we talked about the fact that I was in this production. We didn't talk about who I was in this production. Oh, yes. I was one of the ancestors. Yeah. I was a pink lady ancestor. Okay. Um, which And we've talked about like ensemble a lot of times. This show in particular mm-hmm. and this song was so fun. Oh yeah, to be an ancestor. Oh, I bet. Because we one, you get one costume because you're a ghost. So like you, you don't. I mean, I I had two for like a different thing that we will discuss when we get there. Certainly, because mm-hmm. I have feelings. Um, but for the most part, if you're an ancestor, you get one costume, which is like the most beautiful words that anyone has ever uttered. Yeah. Um, you are on stage. Almost the whole show. Yeah. Well, like, in, in your production in particular, yeah. I feel like the whoever directed your production. It no, it was, it was Chris, right? Um, Chris Gallagher. Chris, uh, Chris had you on stage more than what the script calls for. Certainly. But which which is awesome. Which was very. And cool. And a lot of times we weren't. We were just like set pieces. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like we were just like like I there was a a greaser guy that I was with almost all the time and yeah. literally he'd just be like you guys are gonna stand there and like have a fake conversation because like you just exist as ghosts in this house yeah well you exactly um, yeah and so it was fun to like do that yeah because I do think that's like part of world building and like how you bring the production to life is like have these like little things happening in the background mm-hmm. it was so so fun to just like be like oh you're gonna be like a statue <laughs> Yeah. For a little minute. You're going to, oh, you're going to, like, be in the dark, and you're going to hold these candles and, like, move them. Like, all of that stuff was so fun. And particularly when you're in Adams, when they introduced all of the ancestors. Yeah. Um, and we got to come out as, like, zombies. Yes. And the smoke came up. That was, one, I, it certainly sets the tone for the show. Totally. Because, like, 
most productions I've well, the two that I've seen and then like the things that I've seen online, it kind of starts with the Adams family itself yes. in a silhouette yeah. waiting to do their snaps mm-hmm. for that opening of the da 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 da. Yep. Um, and then it goes into urine Adams. It goes mm-hmm. like right into it. Um, and then they basically say like every year we summon all of our ancestors to yes. have this great party. Yes. And then in this song, the ancestors are trapped. Yeah. On, like on the like mortal plane. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, this it, song is so it's so it's such a great way to start a show. Well, I mean, it's a great way to start the show, also because it like it introduces all the characters, and like in like the surface level of what you need to know to begin, right? In in a very effective way yeah. and in a quick way. And one thing that we never really talked about was who is in this show. Oh yeah. Um, and I what like I think this is a good time to do it real fast. So like. Nathan Lane and B.B. Newarth are just, like, huge Broadway veterans. Nathan Lane is known for literally anything and everything. Um, I don't know, what would you say? Because I would say his biggest role is probably being in The Producers. That's what I would say. But, like, like he's been that in... That and The oh, Frogs. Well, yes, of course, and The Frogs, yeah. <laughs> um, but he's been in anything and everything. B.B. is famous for a lot of things, particularly for being in the original cast of Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't... I, Kevin, I know, has done things, but he's one of those character actors that, like... You don't recognize him until you recognize yeah. him. Um, so, Chris Rodriguez, I don't know that Krista did a lot before. The, like, she certainly did. But, like, I feel like Adam Stanley really launched a career for her. Mm-hmm. Because this, like, this led into Smash. Mm-hmm. This led into First Date. This led into some really, really impressive things for her. And she's just so talented. Like, her belt in this show so is beyond phenomenal. Well, and I also think in the UK tour, it was Carrie Hope Fletcher, right? It might have been. Yeah. Um, I'm like a million. Oh, duh. You know what it is? Yeah, it's okay. literally in front of us. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it kind of launched her career, too. Oh, yeah. Like, because now she's Cinderella. She, I mean, but she was also Veronica in the UK <gasps> cast. Yeah, she was. Yeah, yeah. she was. So yeah. she's like, because that's a young role. Yeah. Like, I mean, I mean, I think Carrie Fletcher was like 20 when she did that. Sure. And I think Krista was around the same age. Yeah. Like, it, it, it is a role that has kind of like shoved people oh, into the totally. spotlight. Well, and that's something that we'll talk about too. When you're like, the, the the thing about the like doing a musical about the Adams family, it's it's similar to like doing a musical around we'll say SpongeBob, yeah. because SpongeBob is known for having a million different characters and a million different stories about all of these characters. Yeah. The Adams family has maybe fewer characters than SpongeBob does, but like every TV episode is a different thing this family goes through. Yeah. Every movie is a different thing. So when Andrew sat down to write this, he at one point had to say, what is this, we'll say, episode of The Addams Family going to be about? And he chose to make this show, this this musical is effectively about Wednesday. Yes. It's, it revolves around her, more or less. Yeah. Um, and so to cast someone as Wednesday Adams, you have to pick someone who's going to be able to sustain that and make it believable, and someone who's going to be able to show the arc that Wednesday Adams goes through. Yeah. And I think that Krista and Carrie are really good examples. I must have seen Courtney and the tour, and I guess she was great. I don't have any real memories of her, but yeah. Um, Wesley Taylor, who we, of course we love, um, who was not only I in Smash, but also, of course, hair, in SpongeBob, but... yeah. Um, Jackie Hoffman, who is just one of the best character actors that exist in, in Broadway right now. I mean, I saw her in, um, I saw her in On the Town when I saw that on Broadway. I also, I did not see this production, but she was in Fiddler on the Roof in Yiddish, the yeah, off-Broadway nice. production of it, and she played... Yenta, the matchmaker. Um, but uh, she 
but like she literally did did fill on the roof in Yiddish with English subtitles. Um, one of the subtitles for that show is it's like fill on the roof in Yiddish with English subtitles is like okay. how it's built. Um, but she is just so funny. The she role just has that stands out to yeah. me. For Jackie Hoffman yeah. is Xanadu. <gasps> yeah, oh, of course, of course. <laughs> because she yeah. plays one of the like, she plays one of the muses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of the two like evil sisters. Yeah, yeah. And an evil woman when the uh, like the other muses like singing the actual like mm-hmm. verse. Yeah. <laughs> Jackie does that. Ba-da-ba-ba-da-ba. Oh, and she's so it's good at that. So and just like funny every time. And just talk about someone who. You know, as like a director, you want, or choreographer, you want someone who is just going to. Like, go for it. Yeah, and, not and that back. is exactly what she does. She's just phenomenal, just phenomenal, and just so, so funny. Yeah. Um, uh, Adam Riegler, Pugsley Adams, do you know who Adam Riegler also I, was? I do not. He was um, the original young Shrek. And the original Aww. Broadway cast. Because Shrek was just two years before this. Yeah. So he was little Shrek at the beginning. Um, and, among pro- and he was also probably um, uh, Farquaad's dad and like all the other yeah. like little little small person roles. Um, Lurch, I want to talk about Lurch in a second. Um, Terrence, I don't know Terrence Mann offhand. I feel like I probably should. Who played Mal? And then the incomparable Carolee Carmelo. And, as is, Alice. and she gets such a fun role. And it, like a weirdly, like at first I thought of this as like a small role, but like it's actually not. And she just comes in much, you know, yeah. late in the show, but she does such a good role. Alice is such a fun character to play because she's fucking crazy. Yes. Because like that's the funny part about this is like the Adams family is are not the crazy people of this musical. No. The Beinekees are They're the crazy so people. Insane. Yes, yes, yes. They're absolutely nuts. Completely. And, and we'll get to in the arms, but like legitimately crazy. And then some other things that I kind of forgot that happened, but some notable Broadway cast replacements. So Roger Rees, who um, I saw him in uh, The Visit with Cheetah Rivera, okay. um, and then he died a few years, or like a few months after that. Um, Brooke Shields replaced B.B. Uh, uh, Newworth as Morticia as like a huge celebrity stunt casting move. I remember her not getting great reviews. Um, Brad Oscar from Something Rotten fame oh, yeah. as Uncle Fester, which obviously makes sense. Um, and then Heidi Blickenstaff as Alice. Heidi, who we absolutely love. Heidi, who was in the original cast of Title of Show. She was in um, the original cast of Something Rotten. She was in yeah, the original cast of Freaky Friday. She was, it. it really, really is. Yeah, it does have Brent Darcy James sprinkled all over it. What a <laughs> phrase. But this, like, this is a truly, truly, truly stacked cast of yeah. people. Like a very impressive cast. Like I can only imagine what, like, what the paychecks must have been for these well, people. Well, that's why it's one of the more expensive <laughs> productions. No, I mean, I mean, that's like, true because you know that like I mean like I, like particularly BB and Nathan mm-hmm. were making in a month what you and I make in a year and do in this oh, show like certainly. easily easily so anyway um, so getting back to when you're in Adams so what I mean one of the first lyrics in the show is when you're in Adams when you're in Adams you do what Adams always do yeah. like this whole song is saying this is what the Adams family is all about and like they, and, and there's a lot. There's like when you're when you're an Adams, you need a moment to explode. When you're an Adams, you grab a bow and arrow. Yeah. When you're an Adams, you like you um, you're happy when your toes are in the mud. You smile yeah. at the moment you smell blood. Also, when you're an Adams, you love your life your wife several times okay. a day. You have a sense of humor. Yes. You gotta have a lot of passion. Yes. Like um, these people don't do anything half-assed. Everything is yes. full out. Yeah. Yes. 
Um, so I love that, and it really and and it sets up, I think, the really great juxtaposition into what this musical is truly about, which is the relationship between Wednesday and Lucas, because. Like, this whole opening song is, when you're in Adams, you do this, and you do this, and you do this. And there's a lot of things, but you do this, this, and this. And then Wednesday's like, and we marry this person from Ohio. Which Gomez and Morticia are like, whoa, hold up! We didn't sing about that part. Yeah. We didn't sing about people from Ohio. We have a lot of other things that we do. Yeah. But Beinekees are not included in that. Yeah. And eventually they are, but that, I think, was is, is wonderful. Um, I think the, the being an ancestor... Okay. Number one, the ancestors, I really feel like they're, there's a narrator in the show, and then there's a Greek chorus in the show. Certainly. And I would say Uncle Fester is the narrator yes. of the show, and then the, the ancestors are the Greek chorus. Um, but uh, the ancestors are, and correct me if I'm wrong, in the same goddamn costume the whole show. Yeah, did you ever change? I did. Um, and <laughs> we will talk about it. Okay. Um, because I, I don't know that we needed to. I cha- we changed for the moon in me. Oh, the okay. girls that were the moon dancers sure. had different moon costumes. That's true, and I think in, when I saw the tour, I think they did that as well. Um, but other than that, I was in, and like, it was a million degrees, Dan. Oh, I bet. I Whoa. had a sweater and a yeah, like felt skirt. I, yeah, I <laughs> it bet. It was so hot. I bet. And so I'm just trying to decide if I was in the ensemble that show, would I like the lack of costume? Because costume changes are what make show part of what makes shows so fun, particularly when you're in the ensemble. Like, I love changing your costume a million times. I, so, like, and I already kind of talked about this. Yeah. It was so nice. Especially, and so here's the thing I will say. Yeah. The makeup for this show yeah. was so intense. Oh, like, yeah. Like, easily, I was in Mermaid. You were in Mermaid, too. Yeah. And there was makeup for that show. But the Adams yeah. Family makeup, I mean, I had makeup fingertips to, like, elbows. Yeah, oh, yeah, sure. I had makeup hairline to, basically to my chest. Yeah. I had a wig. I, like, the amount of makeup, and it had to be white because you were ghost, but also in character. Mm-hmm. So, like, we had an Egyptian um, in our cast, and so she had, like, Egyptian makeup, but it was all gray tones. Yeah. Um, I was a pink lady, so I had big, like, uh, cat eyes and, like, crazy eyes, but it was all shades of gray. Um, Like, the caveman still had, like, sunken eyes, but he was, like... Yeah. So, like, the thought of having to, like, redo and undo that just, like, makes me want to scream. Oh, sure. Um, And it was certainly nice to, like, instead of having to worry about a costume change, to, like, take a breather backstage yeah um i i do think it is fun to play a bunch of different characters Mm -hmm. but this show is very much um like a can like what's that what's the phrase on in tv whenever the whole episode is shot and like oh a bottle episode bottle episode it's it is pretty much that because you don't leave the house i mean you go to different rooms of the house yeah but like the whole show takes place in and around the Adams family home. Yeah. So, like, there's no need to have a delivery driver and then a whatever and then a shopkeeper and then yeah. a this and a that. Um, so I didn't mind it. I really didn't. Okay. I mean, I, I, mean, I, I feel like it would be really, really fun. I would love to do the show at some point. Um, and we'll talk about who we think each yeah. other would play um, but and who we would want to play. Um, the other thing that I, I frequently forget about is... The Adams Family lives in New York City. They don't in the TV show. But in this musical, they live... In the original comic, they do. 
They live in Central Park. Yeah, which I love that he threw it back yeah. to what, what, what it originally was. Um, but that is something that, like, I think it's very easy to just be like, oh, they live in a scary mansion in the middle of the woods. And, like, they do, but also in the middle of the most populated city in yeah. the United States. Like, it is just, like, that is such a weird... I mean, talk about juxtaposition. Like, that word can be used to describe this show in so many ways. But, like, they live in, like... Like, that's just so... Because no one lives in Central Park. People yeah. don't live there. But they do. I The thing that I love about that the most yeah. is... Maybe not in the 30s when we're talking about the comic, right? Sure. Or the 40s when we're talking about the TV show. Yeah. But today... Yeah. The Adams Family fit right in with New York City. Oh, they absolutely You would. know what I mean? Yeah. Like, totally. that is not a stretch at all. Yeah. And the thing that slightly, like, sets them apart mm-hmm. is that... You have the Beinekees who have such Midwest values. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. Like that's the real. Thing. And we're not used to your. We're not accustomed to your fancy New York lifestyle. Yeah. 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 Um. And like, it's not as far off as like it feels. Yes. No. It's not. It's. It. It isn't. Yeah, that's correct. Um. I love the um, the end of this song. Um. Where the, the end of the song when they're like, that's right, out, oh, you gotta midnight, out, with, like, that slaps. Like, it's so, like, that is the part where I would go back and rewatch the um, original cast just do that because that part is just so yeah. fun and it must be so fun to dance to, too. Oh, no less. so fun. I loved the once torn asunder, down six oh, feet sure. under. Like, that whole part was, it's, one, it's so like, it's such a great bridge. Like, it's such a great tangent from the, the chorus. But also, just, like, it's it's this change, and I just, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, the, this is a great opening number, yeah. because you know everything that's going to happen, yep. right? Like, the, with the exception of the Beinekees, because they don't come in quite yet. Well, the immediately following yes. this, Wednesday professes her love for Lucas, yeah. but yeah. But in the opening song, you don't. Because the, you, I don't think audiences don't want to come into the show thinking, like, what's Adam's family going to get into today? Yeah, this like is they, the theme song. Yes, they want to get into it. Like, this song sets it up perfectly for audience members to say, this is what I expect from the Adam's family musical. And then once you've, like, lived in that world and you've gotten your fix of yeah. Adam's familyness, now Wednesday can come in and say, oh, by the way, I'm in love with someone like you, yeah. audience. Yeah. yeah. That's, yeah. Which I often, and we'll get to, like, the from Ohio, I mm-hmm. hope and pray. Yeah. Actually, okay, so you saw it when it toured in Michigan. I did, yeah. Did they say Ohio? They did. Yeah, they did say Ohio. Yes, yeah. Um, and, like, particularly, but, like, maybe they changed it. Who knows? But, like, being in from Michigan, Michigan the Ohio it was... Is funny also. Yes, exactly. Um, because, like, Ohioans can make fun of themselves for it, but Michiganders can be like, oh, yeah, people from Ohio, Ohio suck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so I just wonder if they're in Iowa. Do they say Iowa? Maybe. Because, like, I yeah. would. I mean, you might as well. And then, like, because the, I mean, they, they mentioned it a few times, um, but then you get rid of the swing state. That's The true. joke. That's so I true. wonder if. I wonder if they do change it. Because then Morticia says these Ohio winds won't leave. Yeah. But you could even you could easily say Michiganders or, or Iowans or, what, yeah, or I mean, whatever. I mean, you'd have to, like... Temporary audience. Like, you don't want to say California, because, like, that joke isn't funny. Yes, exactly. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then the... Okay, the last thing, because we're talking about the opening number a lot. Um, do you know who I really feel like is one of the most difficult play- people to play in the show? Lurch. 
I feel oh, like... Oh, I wrote that down. I feel like Lurch is not an easy role to play for a variety of reasons. Number one, like, it's easy to, like... It, it, it seems easy to just be, like, be dead, be, like, like absent-minded, maybe. Yeah. But Lurch has to have, like, like a very specific on the cusp of death, but not quite dead. Yeah. Different than how Grandma is almost dead, but not yeah. quite. Um but, but like, I, also, it's it's the bass. You do not find basses in musical theater in the way that you maybe would in the opera world. Yeah. And so, like, and he, and Lurch is low. Like, yeah. even any community theater production um, of Adam's Family that I've seen, which is only two, you don't really find, like, you find people who are, like, close enough to Lurch. Yeah. But, like, you don't really find people who are truly, 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 truly basses. Yeah. And, like, I think... I, I think Lurch might be the most difficult person to cast in this show. I would agree. Um, because you have to have the look and the sound. Because the dude has to be tall, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, um, I do think you could probably cast a female Lurch, and that could be really, really funny, actually. But, like, but like, oh, if you, if yeah. like I think that could be hilarious. But, um, and effective. But, 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 but. When you can put them in, like, we, our Lurch had six-inch platforms. Oh, totally. And should, right? Lurch yeah. should be, like, grossly tall. Yeah. What were you going to say? I was going to say, my favorite thing about Lurch yeah. is literally every time, every time Lurch is in the script, his line is exactly the same. And it is G-R-N-H. <laughs> I wonder how long it took for them to figure out, like, what are we going to write? But my favorite, I want to find one so I can, like, give you an example. I'm, like, looking through my script right now. Um... Where is there a thing with Lurch? Here we go, here we go. Because this is the May. Sorry, listeners. Okay. It says, like... Grr. Polite. <gasps> <laughs> it says, like... Um... Grr. <laughs> Lecherous? Tre- what does it say? Lecherous or grr, warning? Warning. I love like, that. It's just, and know. then Lurch grunts his backstory. Yeah. Like that's. Yeah, that's <laughs> truly great. It, it reminds me a lot of the uh, king in Mattress in Once Upon a Mattress. Sure. That like who just has to like like fake sign everything. Yeah. He yeah. Like, pantomimes the whole time. Yeah. Like Lurch is a lot of the same. Now he has to do it like slower and with grunts. Yes. But like. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To me, it's just so funny that like, <laughs> they, like they went because I mean you could figure this out, but also it's funny to be like, hmm, yeah, like. And, like, get your point across using only, like, There's sounds. a lot of comedic timing that is really, like, that actor has to have yeah. really good comedic timing. Yeah. For sure. Okay. So we get into poll. Wednesday oh, comes in. pause, 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 pause. Oh, okay. There are four songs in the licensable version that come before pulled. Four. Well, there's, let's talk about anything else in love. Yes. Because that should, that song is not really in the licensable version. Like it, there's like no, little. It it's only it's really only in the licensable version. It's it's in the second act of the Broadway version, but it's like, it pops up twelve times. Well, that's what. But there's no like in 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 the original Broadway cast. In Act Two, there's a full song and then a full reprise. That's true. And that's in the true. licensable version, it's just like little bits here yeah. and there. 
So anyway, you have, okay. let's not talk about anything else but love. Yeah. Um, the like first part. Yeah. You have the two things, which there's like two things, three things, four things, five oh, things. Oh yeah, um, there are one thing that I love about my wife. There's two yeah. things I love. Yeah, I forgot that this is like um, yeah, okay. And it's, it's again a really short song. Yeah. But it is, I think, a really funny thing that the show, when you license it, does. Sure. Is Gomez like everyone else freezes yeah. and Gomez comes to the audience and he says. Hey audience, there are there's one thing I would never do, and it's like dis like like lie to my wife. Yeah. And then there's two things that I'd never do, and that's like lie to my wife and lie to my daughter. But mm-hmm. like now, what is yeah. happening? And then he sings this song called Wednesdays Growing Up, which is another like short little song, which has one of my favorite lines in the licensable version, sure. which is she'll be Thursday before you know it. Oh, Which yeah. is so funny. Absolutely hilarious. Yeah, um, I love that. And then we get your favorite song, Trapped. Is that before Pulled? Yeah. It ha- it's like literally like scene two. Fine, let's fucking talk about Trapped. Well, you're thought Okay, look, Morticia's a better song. Like, it is. Morticia's just a better song Morticia's than Trapped. Morticia's Trapped. Morticia's not in this version. I know, version. but Secrets replaces Morticia in the licensable. Fine, but like, like as a as like as a solo song for Gomez, like in in my mind, like even though Morticia comes after One Normal Night in yeah. the original Broadway cast and in the licensable version, Trapped comes so soon. But like, I think Trapped is a lazy song. I think it is just like sorry, it's it's so stupid. It there's no we don't get anywhere with the song. It's now granted. Here's the, the thing: the jokes are good. The I, jokes are funny. Look here, there are. I I will always say, not always, but m- almost frequently. I'm far more partial to the original Broadway cast than I am to yeah. licensable versions because I feel the same way. I think Little Mermaid has completely been fucked up in the licensable version. With, um, the, uh, everything, fucking everything. Like with Ursula's songs, mm-hmm. with like the fact that like the first person you see in the licensable version is Ariel. Like, like let's take a hot moment and like introduce our lead a little later on. Anyway, um, it's just I. I, I hate the listenable version of Little Mermaid too, but um, I just think Trap is just—it's just—it's just like trapped. And Morticia is just so much more interesting. There's an opportunity for like the male ensemble to have this whole thing with him. I hate Which it. I think is a good point that you bring that up. Yeah. And I think it's as much as I. I do think Morticia is a better song. I like it better. Yeah. Also, for a licensable version that will go to particularly community theaters and high schools, good luck finding a male ensemble. Yeah. You and I have been there. Yep. I mean, in Shrek, I think the male ensemble is three people. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. Like, in... It's just hard to find guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, like... Particularly guys that not be in lead roles. Exactly. And I think... To replace the, I mean, also, Gomez has a million songs in the Broadway version, and Morticia gets one mm-hmm. in the Broadway version. At least, like, whenever you're talking about pitching this as a moneymaker for community theaters, yeah. understanding the, the people that will come out to audition for those shows, mm-hmm. and who you could cast, and the desire to have, like, a little bit of a quality in, like, your leads... Mm-hmm. That's a consideration that, like, theaters take yeah. when they pick shows. Yep. So if you're going to make money, you have to be able to do that. Yeah. I also think, like, whenever you're, like, to to get talent as a community theater, 
you want to have juicy roles. Mm -hmm. And one thing that Broadway has a lot of Mm -hmm. that community theaters don't have a lot of is shows about men. Yeah. Like, if you go through the, like, list of very popular musicals, most of them have leading males and a secondary female. That's great. Or, yeah. or it's a love story between them. That happens often. Sure, sure, but, sure. But a lot of times, you have to have a, a, quite a few strong, like, male voices. Yeah. And that's just harder. Yeah, it's a like, lot harder, yeah. A very good example is my high school did Damn Yankees whenever I was in high school. Mm-hmm. It was like banging your head against the wall. Yeah. To get enough guys to do that show. And then the millions of ladies ensemble yep. had, like, nothing to do. Mm-hmm. And so, like, if I'm a community theater and I want to get people involved in my theater, yep. that's not a show that is high on my list, good or bad, sure. because of the casting constraints. And I think by switching, by pulling out Morticia, yeah. giving Trapped, now you, Gomez still has a song. The We don't have this need for a male ensemble. Mm-hmm. And... Morticia gets another song. But see, so like, so like, you're not wrong. I just still hate Trapped. <laughs> but you are correct. It, like, in terms of, like, it makes financial sense, right? Yeah. And that is when, you know, when they're having, when, when, when authors and composers and creators are having conversations with licensing companies mm-hmm. about how are we going to make this show marketable. Yeah. These are the decisions that you have to make, right? Well, and I think that's where... Little Mermaid falls into a different category, though. Because I don't, like, that does nothing really, ch- like, I'd, I would love to know the reason why Ursula's songs got butchered, but, yeah, but, you know, different, whatever. And, like, introducing Ariel right away, fine, whatever. Yeah. Like, let the, let the little children be interested in sooner than later, but, fine, we have Trapped. Are we done talking about Trapped? I think we should have a whole podcast where we just talk about trap. Okay. We could go line for line. We could, we could go line for line. Um, well, did you know that um, uh, this coming Monday, um, I am being interviewed by um, Time Warp Radio. It is a podcast devoted entirely to the Rocky Horror Picture Show. <laughs> and they, every one to two hour episode, is devoted to a different seven minute segment of the movie. Um, so oh, the movie? They, they talk about the movie, not the show, yeah. And the stage show. And yes, you did say Rocky Horror Picture Show. The, yes. And so um, they gave I have to go back and look at what the seven minutes that we're talking about, but they're also going to interview me about like being a part of a, um, like being stage a part production. of a, like a, a stage, not shadow cast production of Rocky Horror. But, um, but I will be interviewed for that on Monday evening, which I'm very excited for. Um, okay. So. Uh, pulled. Pulled. So great song. This is, it's this so is, this is the first, good. this is like the first I want song. This is the, well, not really. Cause Gomez theoretically entrapped has one, but like, this is, this is the, I want song. This is the wizard. Nye. this is yeah. like, and it's, it's so, I mean, like this is the song that I was singing this in my car over and over and over. Yeah. Like the song that I would put on repeat when I was, uh, well, in 2010, today, I would have been 20 years old. Right now, like, well, <laughs> yes. Now I change the keys for sure. But I'm actually, to be fair, I actually kind of roll my eyes now when this song comes on because it has become that. And like, there's this guy that I follow on TikTok that I've sent you this video yeah. before where he's like making fun of someone because like, oh, what are you singing? Oh, pulled from Adam's, Adam's family? family. Oh, I took that out of my book years, years ago. ago. Yeah, exactly. Um, so it has become that song, but that doesn't mean that it's not a good song because it is. Um, I mean, I still sc- sing Defying Gravity in my car. Oh, I certainly do not, but I'm very proud of you for doing that. Um, Every Girl Has This in Her Book. I, I literally wrote that in my notes. Um, and like, Krista is so good. Particularly what I love about Krista is two things. Number one, her belt 
is like so it had it like it it rings in your ear differently than just like girl singing loudly. Agreed. It, it, there's like a, there, it, it has this like tone to it that I can't even describe, but I know it when I hear it. Agreed. And you hear it particularly um, um, in like her final note, direction, mm-hmm. direction, um, and or or, or and she she does it a lot in One Normal Night too. Yeah. But. What is probably more impressive, which like I don't like listening to as much, but I recognize that it's more impressive, is her uh, mix. Don't you be, oh, I thought you were gonna say the pattern. The pattern. I actually I don't think the pattern is that hard to be honest. Like I think once you learn it, you learn it. It's I mean, pretty yeah, difficult, true. and it is like although it's a lot of words, it is puppy dogs with droopy faces. Like it is, it's kind of slow for a pattern song, honestly. Not to say it isn't difficult yeah. to learn. It's her mix. Her. Okay. Krista Rodriguez is the perfect example of what every voice teacher wants. Yeah. To be able to say to a girl, there's more than just chest voice and there's more than just head voice. There is an in-between that exists that you can sound good on. Yeah. And Krista is so good at that. Particularly in what I wrote. Um, um, uh, I wrote... Uh, uh, and, and you'll and you'll bet I'll bite too. Do what's truly taboo. Listen to those two yeah. phrases because it's her mix is incredible. She's not belting it, but it's not head voice. Yeah. But then when she says new direction, and then that is just like a full belt. Yeah. She like she her her vocal quality is just tr- like remarkable, like really remarkable. Mm-hmm. And I'm just I love listening to her sing. I agree. I so. She is one that is fun to follow on YouTube. Um, and I, yeah. I've showed you this before. Um, she has a song that she sang for some benefit called Ammonia. Oh, you um, did. Yeah, I yeah, love, yeah. love, 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 love. And she does a lot of the same things. And then she also did a song for a show called uh, Black Suit, Black Tie, The Suit, something like that, um, called Hair Blue. Okay. No, I don't um, know that. Uh, honestly, it's worth a listen because it's got a lot of the same qualities you're talking about. Okay. But it's just that... Like lives in the space between head and chest, um, in a, in a, and her voice is so unique. Like, yeah, it is. Yeah. It, it does not sound like you and I could both like describe high school head voice. Yes, like that is like I, we, just, I know. I watched means. it for two and a half hours yeah. last night. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Like that's a very clear thing. Yeah. Like, th- I I can't point to another person and say like that person sounds like Chris Rodriguez. You know what I mean? Totally. Um, which is like. Honestly, a compliment, right? Oh yeah, oh 100%. Um, I think you know the 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 only other person that I can think of that reminds me of Krista is, um, oh my God, uh, Veronica Barrett Wilburyan. Barrett Wilburyan is kind of like the 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 next Krista Rodriguez yeah. almost. I hate to say that because both of them are so relevant. And the thing about Krista too is Krista had I think it was a breast cancer, some sort of cancer. Yes, I don't know. What and kind, like yeah. she she went like a couple of years without performing because she was. Um, well, and she documented it. Like, yeah. She, uh, was it on Insta, Twitter? She but, like yeah. has a blog. But it's but I mean that is just I mean that's a whole other thing that she went through. Mm-hmm. But um, just truly great. Just like such. Like, I would, the, the second she's back on Broadway again, like, I'll fly to New York just to see that shit because she's so great. Okay. Where did we go wrong? Is that in the licensable no. version? I don't think it is. No, we okay. get, like, a little reply, is reprise of four things I, okay. I will, won't do. Um, or, I, yeah, yeah. Four things I won't do. Do, um, okay. Where did we go wrong? Again, I'm always going to be partial to the original cast. So like just like that—that that is a very explicit bias that I yeah. have. 
But I feel like this is a good song for a couple reasons. Number one, I think it's really funny that it, uh, that like, you know, where, where she's optimistic, she's bubbly. Yeah. Where do we go wrong? That's what the yeah. data we raise, right? Um, so that's like, there's like that comedic part. And maybe they cut it because at this point it's been done a little bit. Yeah. And so like that makes sense. But what I like about this, and there's a couple other songs that do this really well where I think Angela Lippa was very smart, is something that we don't get enough in musical theater, which I still think is stupid because it's honestly not that difficult <laughs> as someone who writes musicals. Um, <laughs> uh, is is where the song begins is different than where the song yeah. ends. There there are songs in this show that are like there. You, know, you push pause and you listen to someone sing about their feelings for three minutes. I mean, right, Pulled is a very good example. Sure, actually, Pulled is a good example, but, but it's so good, so yeah, I can look past exactly. it. Exactly, agreed. But like, agreed. Um, but, <laughs> but like, but like, it certainly is like the thing that you're gaining when you listen to a song like Pulled is. Yeah. What is this person thinking? Yeah, totally. And, th- th- and that makes sense, right? You're getting a yeah. little more into the psyche of Wednesday, and, I, and that's fine. But what I love about Where Did We Go Wrong is... Sorry, I'm going to interrupt you again. Yeah. Um, do you know a song that does progress the plot? What? Trapped. Fuck you. Fuck you. <laughs> um, because he makes a decision on what he's to do next at the end of that song. I hate that song so much. But... <laughs> Where do we go wrong is great, and maybe if if you're going to include trapped, then of course it makes sense to not talk about where do we go wrong because the the licensable version gets really I'm I'm on a tangent real fast. Yeah. The licensable ver- licensable version and the, what they did on the tour gets more into like the re- more into the almost turmoil that Morticia and Gomez go through throughout this show. Yes. And, like, it, it dives deeper into the Morticia is mad at Gomez for this reason. Yeah. Where in in this show, they're more of a team for more of the beginning of the show, and then eventually Morticia decides that she's yeah. upset with Gomez. Um, Agreed. But where do we go wrong is them being a team. But they start at the beginning, they're like, oh, my God, we fucked up as parents because Wednesday now loves someone that we did not really teach her to love. And then at the end of the song, they make the decision, oh, I know what we'll do. When the Beinekees come over, we'll fuck everything up so then she doesn't love Lucas anymore. Yeah. And that I do love a lot because I think that is an effective – where did we go wrong in the Broadway version is an effective storytelling, like, tool. I would agree that it is effective as a storytelling thing tool, I suppose. Sure. I would disagree. I do not think it is in character for the Moticia and Gomez that we understand outside of this musical. Because the Morticia and Gomez that we know sure. would not ever... Tr- they might say, like, we don't approve of this, but I don't think they would ever try to interfere in the same way that they, like, decide to do. Okay. And where did we go wrong? That's fair. Um, It feels... It, to me, feels super out of character for... Like... For, for the parents who's for the most part, in every iteration of Adam's Family we've seen, mm-hmm. have been very supportive of their children. Even if they don't agree, they might, like, express their, like, disagreement. Sure. But they've not explicitly said, like, you must not do this or I will ruin this for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that's part of the reason. Um, also, I like the licensable version. I know that you don't. I mm-hmm. think there are certainly things that are that I really love from the original Broadway cast that would add, but I don't, they're kind of two separate entities and they almost tell different stories. Yeah. Um, To me, the licensable version is more about the Gomez Wednesday relationship 
and that like father daughter thing. That's I mean that's true. Whereas like the Broadway version is like Wednesday and Lucas versus the parents. Yeah. Um, which is it's just a different vibe. I mean the the story is effectively the same, right? Sure. Lucas shows up, things go crazy, they poison Alice, whatever. You know what I mean? Love all conquers the, all. Love sure. conquers all. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I think by by showing that Gomez is like an individual and he like has these conflicting feelings mm-hmm. allows for that like happy sad moment at the end yeah. to like hit a little harder. Mm-hmm. That's fine. And like I like I I do get that. I do think that there's more of like a plot build up mm-hmm. in the licensable version that 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 hits happy sad a little better in act 2. Yeah. Okay. I will. I mean, I will. But I do that. like "Where Did We Go Wrong." I think it's a super fun song. Oh yeah. I think it's catchy. Mm-hmm. It's a kind of earwormy. Yeah. Plus, you know, I'm a sucker for a duet. Oh yeah. You know, yeah, I yeah, love. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A, a, a guy girl duet is like like lives in my soul. And I wonder if how much of this was like we need a song. Oh, I literally wrote it here. We need a song where BB and Nathan get to do shit on stage and it's just the two of them. So like people who grew up with them can watch them on stage and say, that's BB and Nathan. Yeah. I bet like that. And I bet that doesn't surprise me. Like when the licensable version was released where they were like, okay, well now that they're not a part of it anymore, (laughs) we can get rid of this and then do this instead. So I see that. I can see that But I also think there was some serious... After, I mean, and with mixed reviews, like, you take a step back and you think about it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think there was some serious, like, okay, are we effectively telling the story we're trying to tell? Yeah. We, like, we have feedback now. Like, let's let's assess. Yeah. Um, and I really struggle because how much of art can you change before it's new art? Sure. Um, yeah. And I think this is a, you could argue <laughs> that these are two different shows. There's so, there are so many things that are so different mm-hmm. that... They're almost not the same anymore. Yeah. Um, and sometimes that's better, sometimes that's worse. Mm-hmm. I think we could both point out lots of versions where the touring is objectively bad. Yeah. Also, I can think of at least two examples where the touring had better songs. <laughs> sure. So. Um, okay. So then we get into One Normal Night. And I love this song. I do too. I think this, this is this this song is great because it's like it, it's it it there's so much time that happens. So much not even a lot of time, honestly, but like just like a lot of things happen. Yeah. We and like can, as I a mean, director choreographer, this must have been a nightmare. Well, it's broken into two songs. It's, yeah. it's two scenes. There's like a scene break in the yeah, middle yeah, of, yeah. of the song. Um there. I mean, because first you have Wednesday saying, like, hey, family, yeah. calm down. Yeah. These people are not expecting us to be so crazy. Be I need different. you to just, like, like tone it down yeah. for a minute. Mm-hmm. Okay? And then you get Lucas to his parents saying, like, hey, guys, calm down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> These people are not ready for your kind of crazy. Yeah. Like, I just need you to calm down. Don't say any poems. Don't, like, keep it to yourself. Yeah. Um. And then you get Fester saying, like, okay, ancestors, like, this is this is our moment to, yeah. like, make love happen. Yes, yeah, yeah. Um, so, ancestors, get ready because, like, this union will be a thing. Yes, yep, yep. Um, And then everyone's getting ready for the Beinekees to come. It ends with them ringing that doorbell. Like, yeah. that's the end of the song. But, like, from A to B is, like... Yeah. St- it's insane. Well, well, and Fester telling that, I mean, Fester isn't even, okay, because 
At the beginning of the song, the ancestors are about to go back to their graves, but like the door fucking shuts, right? That's and at the end of When You're in Adams. Yes, yeah, at the yeah. beginning of the show, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think it's at the beginning of this song. Oh, no, sorry, at the beginning of the show. And um, and so, and like Fester's like, oh, you all can't, you know the rules, you can't come back until love triumphs. Yeah. And so this is the moment. So when, like this, it wasn't until recently when I listened to the lyrics. So if you don't, don't want, want to, to remain, remain start, start singing, singing of love. love. Because the first answers are like, mm-mm, they're not right for each other. They say and he, love? Yeah, exactly. What? And Fester's like, oh, oh, nope, bitch. If you want to go back to the place where you're comfortable, you better get these two people together. So it is funny that, like, Fester's sort of the one that, like, ties the, like, he's sort of, like, the glue between yeah. all of them. Um, which I guess, like, adds more of, like, a reason for him to exist. Yeah. Because uh, honestly, and, like, yeah, I get that Fester was in the comics and sure. like to, okay have you ever seen um Josie and the Pussycats the movie, the movie? Yeah, yeah 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 so yeah um, obsessed there's Alexandra the the sister of the manager oh sure yeah, yeah. and there's yeah. a moment in the in that movie yeah. where she said someone says like why are you even here and she says I'm here because I was in the comics and like that's <gasps> yeah. how I feel about Fester sometimes mm-hmm. I'm like he's here because he was in the comics yes like literally like He's, like, a fun character that, like, does his fun little, like, shtick. Yeah. And then, like, honestly doesn't serve much of a purpose. But yes. we need to give him a song and we need to give him some stuff to do. So I guess this is what we're doing. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, completely. Um, so I love... I, I mean, I wrote a lot of things down for this sh- song. But we've already talked about a lot of these. Um, uh, but, okay. So, like, the, the, the song is great. The song is so catchy. I think particularly this is a great song for, like... Fester, obviously, but for Wednesday and for Lucas as well, because they have some bops. Like, yeah. these are, th- this, I mean, Lucas honestly doesn't really sing a lot, but, like, this song and then Crazier, Crazier Than you, you are the two songs that are, like, Lucas is in a lot that I love singing, um, because his stuff, like, fits my voice the best. But that's just so great. I think I have another note that I want to talk about, but it's not until right after One Normal Night. Do you want to talk about anything else about I this do. song? So... In the original Broadway cast yeah. recording, he says, um, what are the lines? Um, was ballet right for Balanchine? Here. Um, was polio right for the soft vaccine? Were you folks right for the mezzanine? Yeah, fourth and, wall. Yeah. And I, one, I think that's really funny. Also, in the licensable version, yeah. the alternate line yeah. there is, was rehab right for Charlie Sheen? Because not every like theater has a mezzanine. Yeah. And I... Our production used, he, like, did a bunch of them. That was one thing that's cool about this script Mm -hmm. is there's a lot of, like, this box is, like, insert your own funny thing here. Um, And that was one of them. Mm -hmm. But, like, I I love that they were like, oh, not everyone has a mezzanine. Like, what's a funny thing we could put there? Oh, let's talk about, like, Charlie Charlie Sheen Sheen. and rehab. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Well, first of all, I wonder if Charlie Sheen knows if he's in this. But, um... Yeah, I remember that the Fester in OTL, he came up with, like, he wrote his own, like, That's 10 or 15. And just came up with a bunch of different mezzanine, like, mezzanine, like, or just, like, jokes that rhymed. The, yeah, I mean, one of ours was something about a magazine. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I honestly can't remember them all, but he, our Fester probably had five that he just mm-hmm. rotated through every, every time we did it, he did something different. Sure. And then, whichever one... I think the first weekend he did three, and the one that got the biggest laugh he just used for the second weekend. Sure. Um, but I just think that is so, so, like, that's just such a funny thing. Totally. Also, vocally, this song, the end of this song, when everyone's going crazy, 
is like one normal night, one normal night, one normal night, Wednesday once. That whole yeah. part yeah, yeah. is like crazy. Like oh yeah, and, and like the ranges are so wide too, yeah. particularly for the sopranos. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's something I said to you is like this is some of the hardest music I've ever had to learn. Mm-hmm. Um, not because like the rhythms are hard or because the the words are hard, but because one most of the time you're used to singing in like a major key, <laughs> and a lot of times it's in a minor key or yeah. it's dissonant or there's a, a minor third or something funky. Um, but the, particularly the end of this, there's like nine notes happening at once. Mm-hmm. It's all stacked. There's so many times where you're like a, 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 a second away from somebody yeah. um, and you're trying to find your pitch. This song in particular is just so, it's written so smart musically because of all of the like overlapping and rhymes and the stacked chords and all kinds of things. That's why it sounds so cool on the cast recording. Yeah. But it's I mean, it's 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 such an impressive song. It's yeah. really, really fun. It's something that I look for. Like when I'm listening to it, like that's like I look forward to the song a lot. Um, this is one I don't skip. Oh, not at all. Um, now, what I love, I do love when the, the family finally comes in. Um, they have that womp, womp as the doorbell. Yeah. Um, and then uh, eventually they're introducing everyone. And grandma walks in and she goes, Boy, is it normal out there! And like, and she's like dressed up as a nurse, and she's like, "Well, if you want some body parts, let me know because I'll pick some up tomorrow." Like, she's just, it's like. I hope you're staying in shape. Be exercising. Like, she does the whole bit. She's so funny. She's so funny. And like in your production, the woman who played Grandma Jenny is not anywhere near the age that Grandma like typically would be, but. God, was she hilarious. She just, she, talk about an actor who's not afraid to, like, go all out there with anything and everything. Like, she was so funny and, like, weirdly believable to be an old woman. And even though she's not at all. Also, I mean, she had, her costume. Helped a lot. And, like, grandma's to get, like, when you add the wig and the costume and the hunch and the makeup and whatever, like, you can do so much with it. But, yeah. Well, and I simultaneously believe that grandma... Grandma Adams is somewhere between 20 and 900. Uh, yes, yeah. <laughs> That's 100% correct. Um, okay. Um, so, after this, in, in, in the original Broadway cast, this is sort of the moment where, like, after this, where, where Morticia, I feel like, now starts deciding that she is mad at Gomez. Yeah. Like, why? Because she knows he's hiding something. In the licensable version, sure, I agree with that. That is very, very clear that, like... I mean, she sings a song about it. Yes. Wednesday says... And that is probably one of the main differences there, like, that we've talked about a lot. In the licensable version, Wednesday says very, very early on, this is Lucas. He has proposed to me. We are getting married. And she tells Gomez. And then Morticia's like, you know something. And Gomez is like, oh my god, no, I don't. And that's where, like, that comes from. In the Broadway cast, they're, like... That is not clear. And I guess if there is anything that I don't love about this is I remember just watching this and listening to it and just thinking like, why, why is Morticia mad at Gomez? Because it's out of character. It is out of character. There's like, there never seemed to be like a good reason for her to be upset with him other than, I, I, I mean... Like, maybe she's influenced by Alice for some reason, but, like, it's just, there's no, there was no good reason for it. Yeah, and I, 
I'm I'm obviously not as familiar with that the 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 book yeah. of the Broadway version. Yeah. Um. So I I can't think of like a a specific line or something that calls that out. Yeah. Um. But it does give us Morticia, which is a great song. And it does, and we and it, it does go into Morticia, which is great. We we kind of already talked about it a lot. Um. But I do love Morticia. I do too. I think it's a it's a good song. It's a good song for Nathan to sing. Mm-hmm. Um. It's you are certainly correct that the male ancestors male ancestors get something to do. Yes. Um, and I think it's interesting that we have replaced in the licensable version we replace a male lead with male ancestors with a female lead and female ancestors. Yeah, I know, right? Um, but because is this where this is where this secrets, is where falls, secrets falls, falls in? And secrets is like a is is primarily a Morticia song, but it's like a Morticia Alice duet. Yeah, I mean, they, Alice certainly <laughs> sings. Secrets was. Easily my favorite thing to perform in the show. Okay. Um, one, the song is just so fun. Okay. Um, and b- getting to be, like, because it's, like, a sexy, like, yeah, women yeah. empowerment song. Yeah. Um, and, like, Alice gets something to do, mm-hmm. whereas, like, in, t- in the Broadway version, like, until waiting, yeah. Alice is just kind of, like, hanging out. Yeah. Um. I do like that in this part of the show, we get Mal and Gomez having their little boys conversation yeah. with Lucas. And then we get uh, Morticia and Alice like having their little conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, Seekers is such a, like, it's just a good yeah. song. Um, and I often forget about it because it's not on the Broadway cast recording mm-hmm. until I remember about it. I'm like, man. That is a good song. Like, I wish there was a good recording of it because, like... Yeah, you just watch on YouTube. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it is, like... It's it's a, it's certainly a fun song to listen to. It's a fun song to sing. Um, and it still has that kind of, like, Latin-y... Because Morticia has that, like... Sp- I guess Spanish is a better... Sure. Um, but so does... Uh, Secrets has that kind of Spanish sound. Yes. Um, yeah, yeah. And there's, like, a lot of Spanish influence for sure. Yeah. Um, and then we... Um, so then we get into, like, the beginning of... I would say, like, we get into What If, yeah. which is Pugly's song, because Pugly, of course, needs a song. Well, isn't there a Gomez version, too? Of What If? Oh, my God, there is, isn't there? In the licensable version, there's one. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's true. I forgot about that. Um, but we get into, like, Pugly, Pugsley's song. Which is really Pugsley's only song, except for mm-hmm. Pulled, like, a little bit. And yeah. then a little bit in full disclosure. Um and but, like and but here's the thing is like what if it's is it's not a bad song it's no. really not and it like breaks your heart it does it does break your heart and but this is sort of the beginning of the end of Act One because yeah. like like f- of course we get like full disclosure and then waiting a full disclosure part two but this is the beginning of yeah. like Pugsley introduced like the Bynakes are not the conflict Pugsley is really the one who yeah. like introduces the conflict into this um, because he is singing like okay first of all. Pugsley and Wednesday have this weird relationship yeah. that is like almost BDSM sexual. Like it's not, it's not, it's not. It's not it's, sexual. It's not at all. But like they, but like the torture, like that was the first thing that I went to is like, like the 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 and the, and maybe that's just my brain, but like Wednesday torturing Pugsley was like a little bit like that's. I don't know. My brain went sexual. Maybe it's not. Fine. They're whatever. They're children. I, I get Yes, they're children. They're siblings. I get it. 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 Um, but uh, so he sings this very sad song about how, like, 
what if she doesn't do this? And at first, I listened, Mike, this song, to me, it was like, okay, we're just having a list of reasons. Like, what if she doesn't, like, rick up my tongue and, like, burn my hair and all the whatever, whatever, whatever. Yeah. But then the cool thing about it is this... Pugsley learns some. He, he learns something bad, but he learns in this song of how he, you know, a little young dumb Pugsley can have a significant influence on not only this family but also in like the events of this evening, yeah. which are you know undeniably major. And they and there's this hilarious dialogue between Pugsley and Grandma. In between, it's yeah. so funny, particularly when she's introducing all like the different potions and saying like the peyote it makes you run naked yeah. in the woods. And then, um, uh, and at some point she like has this one quick dark moment where she's like, and stay out of my shit. <laughs> I love you. Yeah. Like just this like quick little moment and that is so funny. But he does end up stealing the acrimonium. But I love that dialogue. I do too. And I, like it's not clear on the cast recording because all of a sudden Pugsley goes into like Wednesday we'll drink and, and then she'll be herself, herself again. Yeah. And like in in the cast album it's not really clear of like why is he saying that, but obviously in the show it yeah. is. And I love the relationship that the oldest member of the family and the youngest member of the family have. I think that is... Oh, I hadn't even really, like, made that connection, mm-hmm. but I love that, too. Yeah. I do... I always, like, like group Grandma and Pugsley together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and totally. And you're certainly... Tr- that is certainly right. Like, yeah. oldest and youngest, for sure. Yeah. Um, I also love... Like, this is, like, a, a heartbreaking moment because every younger child... Yeah. Well, you and I are both not, set, like, younger children right? sure like the youngest in our family yeah but like has that moment of like they look up to their older brother or sister and then they like go away to college or they do this and there's just like a little bit of heartbreak because like you're just so used to having that like that person to look up to yeah and that's like what's happening here is yeah. like wednesday's growing up and pugsley's sad about it um which is the same feeling that gomez has um yeah just in a different way and whenever Pugsley sings, um, uh, Lucas will leave her be, then she can torture me. Yeah. Uh, just like she always just, did. Just always did. Uh, Till so then, then I'm just a strange fat kid. Yeah. And you're just like, no, you're not a strange fat kid. We yeah. love you, Pugsley. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, it just, like, breaks your little heart to, yeah. like, hear him talk about, like, how without her, he's just, like, sad and lonely. <laughs> now, the thing about this show that I think is interesting, too, is that Pugsley is played by a little boy, mm-hmm. and little boys, particularly in educational settings, can be difficult because you, like, like Pugsley, is his voice range is written for a little boy whose voice has not yet changed. Yeah. And, um, and when OTL did this, they cast... Um, it was Victoria, right? It was Victoria. It was Victoria um, uh, uh, who played Pugsley. So they cast a girl because obviously her vocal Voice, range yeah. fits it. And she did very, very well. And again, it's very easy because um, that's a pretty common thing that happens. And, well, let's give another role to a woman, too. Yeah. Um, but that is something that's interesting about the show is that, like, in community theater, you can find a little boy, right? Yeah. Professional theater, you can find a little boy. Um, but in... Uh, high schools maybe but like particularly in colleges um you have to be a little more creative yeah exactly now i will say that i i sat in on auditions for adam Stanley when mm-hmm. otl did this and the the guy that i personally would have cast as pugsley was the guy jordan feliciano who ended up playing gomez and he was a great gomez yeah. he was so so good but he 
did Pugsley in falsetto, and it was so believable. <laughs> I was here for it. Um, but, like, Victoria was also obviously very good Pugsley because in the production that we saw, because we watched the very last dress rehearsal before they yeah. opened, and, <laughs> and it was during full disclosure, which she had the chance. She had the chalice, and she literally, she went, <laughs> she was so funny. She went out underneath the table, and it just fell, and just broke. And, like, it was a dress rehearsal, so they didn't stop, so they kept going. But do you remember this? No. You don't remember this at all? Victoria came out underneath the table as Pugsley, holding the big, beautiful, heavy goblet that they had that was the chalice, and that she dropped it, and that shit broke <laughs> right on stage. And she just kept singing, and she just kept doing her thing. It was like, um, now my sister loses her cool, she'll yeah. drop, she'll drool. Like, it was, it was that part. It was so funny. Oh, my God. But that actually leads me into perfect, into full disclosure part one, because... I think we need to talk about full disclosure and then waiting. I think we have to, like... Okay, okay. We, I mean, we could do that. Um, I think that, like, this is certainly not the first musical or play or just, like, anything on stage where people sit at a table. But, like, somehow it's still so smart the way they do yeah. it. Like, obviously, in a real life, not everyone's going to sit on the same goddamn yeah. side of the table because that's not how it works. And in theater, you need to do that. But I just, I get, I don't know why I still see that and I think, wow, how genius and also how obvious at the same time. Well, and because the picture that they paint yeah. is so clear and specific. Yes. Like, Certainly people have sat on table at tables on stage before. Yes. But there are effectively it's like an eight minute ordeal to yeah. do this whole song. Yeah. And all the lines and things. And it's everybody's in one spot. Things are happening. It's like Thanksgiving dinner. Yeah. It's like T V Thanksgiving dinner. And you you mm-hmm. gotta be able to see everyone. You gotta be able to see what everybody's doing. Yeah. Um this is the part where the ancestors were kind of in the back, like holding candles and things sure. and just like making them float. Which it was fun to be on stage for all of these lines. Because there's a lot of lines around this. There's yeah, a lot yeah, of explaining yeah. what's happening. I mean, it's not particularly clear that the game that they've been talking about, the whole show that they're going to play, is they drink from the chalice and then they tell a secret. Yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, like, what a very specific game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, also, like, some secrets are obviously, like, a little... Little, little juicier than others. Yes, 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 yes. Um, yeah. Because, like, Fester's secret is that he, he is in the, love with, with the, the moon. moon. Wow, great. Um, and, but this is also where Pugsley's plot will yes. happen. Yeah. Um, but that's more of, like, the waiting part. I, this song is the song, hands down, that gets stuck in my head the most mm-hmm. from this show. Because it's fun. It's like, like, the chaos is shown within the way that the music is yeah. written. And it's, and, and like, you can, even without having ever seen this, I already know what the choreography is. Yeah. Like, bum, ba, 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 da, da, bum, like, ba, 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 ba. yeah, it's, it's just so, especially with them sitting at a table. Yeah. Like, there's just, like, so much that yes. you can, like, do with yes. it. Yes. It's it's really it's fascinating. It's so um, good. It's, it is seated choreography in a way that is like so cool. Oh yeah. And I mean like the choreography for our production was uh-huh. not particularly hard. Yeah. It was small movements. It was like move things up and down, left and right, twist the thing. You know what I mean? Bob your head. Um, but every version I've seen online of this is always so so fun to watch mm-hmm. because it is just like organized chaos. Yeah. Um, also, this is a stylistically like this is like this song that has a slide whistle in it like you know mm-hmm. what i mean like this is like that kind of like 
Embrace and Swoon. Yeah, yeah, He yeah, loves yeah. that moon. Yeah, like, yeah. That kind of campy song. Um, that that I is is like I love love love. Yeah, um, I mean, like this song would be played in like a saloon. Like yeah. this is the song that would be played at like on a piano in like the Wild West, almost like that like, style yeah, of ragtimey, almost, but yeah. not quite. Oh, totally. Um, and I think maybe this is Andrew trying to like throw it back a little bit to like when more of like the style of music when Adam Sandler was actually yeah. introduced. Maybe and I might that might be a stretch there. Yeah. Um, but like it is such, it's such a fun. Yeah. Again, like a good example of what we were talking about at the beginning of how like. N- n- unexpected song for what you might immediately assume would be yeah. in the Adams Family musical. Because even the music in this is funny. Yeah. Also, it cre- this like very like light and, and, and bouncy song creates a great juxtaposition mm-hmm. to waiting. waiting. Yes. Which on its face is so depressing. Totally. totally. And like even Gomez says that's too dark even for us. Yeah, oh, like, 100%. This is, a, this is a rough day, girl. Which is a really funny line. Um, but I mean, basically what happens, right? Pugsley decides, now's my moment. I'm going to put acrimonium into this chalice. Everyone's, because the game is they're going to drink yes. and then tell a secret. Yes. Uh, there's nothing in there that makes them tell the truth. It's just, that's like part of the game. Yeah. Well, Pugsley says, I'm going to put acrimonium in this chalice. Which, right before Wednesday drinks it. Yeah, yeah. Which is supposed to, like, let your inhibitions free, I suppose. Well, because I think that Pugsley is convinced that Wednesday doesn't actually love Lucas yes. in the way that she says she does. And so, like, she's going to drink from this chalice. And Wednesday's going to be like, here's my, 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 my big secret is I don't actually love Lucas. No, I think she's going to say that... She loves death and gory things, and Lucas will be turned off. I think oh, and that's the way okay. I interpreted oh, it. Oh, okay, sure, sure, sure. Um, I mean, both works. I'm not, I, but. But either way, his yeah. goal. But I, I think you might be right. But I think his goal is the, the point is to like make the Bonnie's go away, particularly Lucas yeah. go away. Yeah. Um, but then Alice ends up getting the chalice, and uh, do you want to talk about full disclosure part two and then waiting? We, we can go right into waiting because I think the. It's, it's fine. Let's go right into Waiting. Well, so, yeah. So, the thing that I think is effective about Waiting... Okay, number one, Carolee Carmelo finally gets the moment to show everyone what she <laughs> can actually do before stand on the table and yes. scream. Oh, I mean, like, honestly... Like, I wish I had seen Heidi do it, too. Well, like, yeah, I'm Heidi sure Blick and stuff. I'm sure, I'm sure there are videos of it. Yeah. But, like, there it is... Like, Alice is the character that, honestly, I would want to play in oh, the yeah. Adam musical. If I could pick anyone, it would be Alice. I don't, I don't think I'll ever get cast as Alice, <laughs> but I would love that. Um... But I think the thing that is, okay, people go to the theater, so I'm told, (laughs) to, like, escape reality for a few hours, right? Yeah. And, like, the Addams Family musical, for the most part, does that really well, except this song, because I think, I wonder, assuming that people are paying attention to this, and particularly paying attention to the lyrics, I wonder how many... We're going to say husband and wife couples sat in the audience and listened to this and listened to Alice say all the things that I bet a bunch of wives in the audience think and feel but don't say out loud. And, like, that is, and that it's, I mean, this is just so incredibly, like, real. And Mm -hmm. I think the fact, like, the Adams family could be scary because they're so far from reality, like, in, like, a different world where, like, they're actually gory and whatever. Yeah. But this is so scary because it's every day. Yeah. This is what people really, really feel. Okay, literally she says a woman waits for marriage, then she waits for children, then she waits for her husband to come back home every hour of the day. Um, 
but like then there's no spark in our marriage anymore yeah. and like we're just going through the motions yeah. and like she's like trying to do all these things to like get her husband to notice her i think she's like uh um waiting lose waiting um fixating, debating, lactating. lactating, like all of these things to get him to notice Lose her. waiting, by the way, was just like that a, a great lyric. Yeah. But anyway, continue. Yeah. Um, but like, the, the idea that like she's like, tr- she is trapped uh, yeah, right. yeah, in yeah, this yeah. marriage with her husband because the love is gone. Mm-hmm. Because like, the thing that Gomez and Morticia do is dote on each other and like express how much they love each other constantly. Sure. And that because that's so out of the norm that like the man that she married is just a shell of a person mm-hmm. because the world has beaten him down is just like too dark even for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, completely. Because because that's not something that the Adams the Adams have really experienced. No. Right. Because they don't let the world get them down. No. And, yeah. not, and not only that, but like they're also surrounded by people who think the same way, and the people that like yeah. are like either love each other or are in love with each other, yeah. and that that is something the Bonnie have not experienced. And so like that is the, the it's it's just so funny that the person who has the darkest song in the show <laughs> is also the one who rhymes and wears the yellow dress. Yeah. Like that. It's. It's just genius. It's like so easy and so genius all at the same time. Because it's, that is certainly not the thing I expected. No, definitely not. Absolutely not. Like, I don't not. know what I expected, but Alice being the one to like go insane yeah. was like not. not and, and that's what I love. And that's where I do think Secrets is like a little less effective Mm -hmm. because I conceptually love the idea that like Alice is just this like meek little mouse that doesn't do much of anything Mm -hmm. until all of a sudden she's wailing on top of a table. Like that's hilarious. Uh It absolutely is. So then that's too dark even for us. And we get into the final part of full disclosure, which is where everyone now finds out that they're getting married Yeah, because Gomez has known. Yeah. Um, but now, but now everyone is aware yeah. And uh, um, and this is like this. It wasn't until now. Like I don't know if this matters at all. But this is literally Romeo and Juliet. I mean, in 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 like I mean like in terms of just like the two families. Yeah. Um, clash each other. I don't know if I never really made that cut. Like it's a very easy yeah. theme to follow. But that's totally what they are in the scenario. Um, I will say the the part of the song where. Um, we find out that Wednesday's getting married. Yeah. And everyone sings the married, yeah. married. Hard. So hard. Oh, totally. So hard. Well, and for it to be effective, it has to be like, you know how in, well, do you ever watch Lord of the Rings? Yeah. Those movies? You know how during the war scenes, there's like the huge chorus of like 200 people who are singing operatic high notes like, bah, 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 yeah. bah. Like that, that's what this has to be. Yeah. But with a much, much, much smaller group of people to do it so you have to be singing high staccato notes loudly at the same time and accurately yeah, yeah. oh totally like that that because that that this is like a, the married that could be something that could be butchered by high schools in a yeah. minute and yeah. sure has been oh, frequently yeah. um but yeah uh that's great so um and then fester has like his funny line where something 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 um act two uh, you know, is everything going to be okay, or are you all going to leave in an hour? Or maybe it's the beginning of Act 2 where he says that. Um, no, it's here. Is it? Where he says, or are you all going to leave in an hour vaguely depressed? Yeah. Yeah. But it's it's but it's also, like a... also, this is when 
basically they're getting ready to leave. Mal and Alice are getting ready to leave, and Fester says, "Hey, ancestors, create a storm." Oh yes, it is yes. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, but I think this is like a pretty effective end to Act One. Like it's like this. It does make you. It makes you want to know what's going to happen oh, next. Oh, for sure. And I, I, I like it. I think it's a good end right before intermission. Um, yeah. I like it a it's lot. It's like one of my favorite songs in the show, if not my favorite. We'll Police Closer? There. Yeah. Okay. It's just, there's so much happening. Yeah. Also, the bum, 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 bum is like my favorite. Like I love, because they just repeat... Whatever the person before them says. Oh, yeah. So, like, um, when... He Fester, loves that movie? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, what, and this, We're talking great. That's my favorite yes. one. Yeah. <laughs> Just um, imagine being married to him. Oh, yeah, that's so great. Oh, yeah. Uh, I just... It's such... That's stylistically one of my favorite things to listen to. Mm-hmm. I just think it's hilarious. Anytime you can use the slide whistle, I'm here. <laughs> Okay, so let's take a break and then we'll get into Act Two. Perfect. Great. Okay, Adams, I got one for you. We're simple people. We're not used to your sophisticated New York lifestyle. So with your permission, we're just gonna go back to the real America. Full disclosure. Wait, wait. I'm sorry, but Lucas won't be going with you. Why not? Because Lucas and I are getting married. Married! No, he'd gone me! Married! You marry her, I'm cutting you off! Not a single penny. We don't want your money. So we're getting married. Are they getting married? Really married? 